Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and the car alone to John Stockton, Jake, gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates and information. You can find me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can find my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This college basketball episode covers every game. No, not every game. We're not covering every game. We do cover every game in baseball and college football, but. Um, there's like a hundred and some odd games, 126, I believe. Something crazy. Games here. Uh, we're not going to cover all of them, but this is opening night, college basketball, Monday, November 7th. We're going to cover a handful of games and give you some good betting picks. But otherwise, in case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. That's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new. Gives you a primer and explanation of what's going on. It's a, it's a must read. It's not too long not too quick either but it's a must read pause come back if you haven't read that otherwise the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games give you some things to think on and explain why certain plays are being made we never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your heart of money remember that sideline has graded plays on every single game but as always take what you like and leave the rest if you have questions about any of these games the best place to get an answer is on our discord that can be accessed through Patreon. The link is in the show description. As always, remember there are no locks and gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades. Indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. However, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, I, I know you've been like a kid waiting for Christmas yeah. yes. for this day. This, this, You know what? I'm so excited. It's just like Christmas, but sometimes it's like I'm a little... I hate to say it's a little disappointed. There's not really any great game to like woohoo about, but I mean, it's basketball back, so I'm excited. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of good games to profit on, but that doesn't mean they're going to be the most exciting games to watch. There's no, there's no Duke, Kansas. There's, there's not even like, you know, Texas, UCLA. I mean, there's not many of those marquee matchups, unfortunately. There's, there's like maybe a handful of power five school versus power five school. Most of the time it's, uh, but hey, that's that's where you that's why you listen to us. You find a way to make money here in the, in the crubs. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, many of you have been with us before. Look, I'm at the beach. Um, <laughs> this is actually a painting in the room that I'm in. I am on location, uh, not normally. Um, it's a fun background, at least. It's it's better than anything else in the place that I'm staying. Uh, so, the Astros win. There you go. There you go. If if I could keep this background as my normal background, I probably would. This is kind of a legit background, to be honest. Yeah, looks good. Looks good. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to today's games, we're going to cover some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Obviously, baseball is done, but college football is still going on. A lot of good content there. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just three bucks per month. www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. Even if you don't hit that up, though, we are still thrilled to have you here. We'll get right to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as of the time of this recording on Sunday night, one of the benefits you get over on Patreon is to upload the show on Sunday night right after we're done with it. Otherwise, it'll be out on YouTube the next morning. Uh, we're we're going to run through segments as how we're going to do this. I'm going to let Jake do most of the talking. Uh, for those of you who who saw our college basketball shows last year, um, 
I'm going to set us up here. We've got the A-plus play of the day. This is going to be uh, – sideline gives out A-grade picks. There's a handful of them with 126 games. And this is going to be where Jake tells us about his favorite of all of the A-plays. And he actually had a tough decision to make on this awesome. one. Was he was tough. having a hard time. Yeah, we were talking about it before the show. He, he was really having a hard time. But we're going to take it to 7 p.m. Central, VMI at Richmond. VMI is an 18-point underdog. The total in this was 144 and a half. And as we've been doing with College Football, all of these lines will be uh, listed such that the spread is referencing the road team. Uh, rather than the home team. So uh, you'll see that one there. Of course, Sideline does have an A-grade pick on uh, VMI plus 18. It says that this number should be 14.7. That's quite a discrepancy. It does not have a play on the total of this game. It thinks the total's fairly well-priced. thinks the total should be 143. So it might lean under, but it's the slightest of leans. That's not a huge edge there. It does love VMI plus 18. And you do too, Jake. Tell us why you love it. Look, uh, Richmond, good team. This is not a knock against them, but they are bringing back one of their top four scorers. And, I mean, it, it was their leading scorer in Tyler Burton, who's a great player. If you have a chance to watch him, watch him. He's a lot of fun. But they they were a very thin team last year, and they play a very slow tempo. These are things that lead to letting a, like a 20-point win being very tough because if VMI just hangs around a little bit, it's hard for them to really put them away. Uh, like, of the – five or so players that uh, came back or not total came back besides Burton. There's three guys that average more than uh, four, 14 minutes a game and they, <laughs> none of them cleared five points a game. So there's a lot of lacking on the offense here. Um, they're a very defensive team. So it's going to be hard for VMI to score with how the uh, Richmond likes to play, but I, I think they do enough to keep this below 20. It's going to be tough. I think, Richmond's going to have a hard time finding their legs to score, especially early on with the first game of the year. And we talk about this a lot in college football as well, right? You kind of mentioned some reasons that the under might be, it might be a lower scoring game, might be a slower game, might be some good defense. We talk about that's typically correlated with taking an underdog if it's a big number like this, because it's just harder to cover. It's not quite as bad in football. In football, when you have like a, a 28 point spread and a total of 35, it's like, well, you know, they score once, they probably cover, right? It's not that bad here in basketball, but it's a similar concept, right? The, the lower scoring the game is, the more likely it is for a big dog to cover. And you're absolutely right. It does seem like a situation where it might be not easy on night one for them to really run away with this one and get out in that 25 point lead. That's where you really need it to be. If you're backing Richmond here, you need to get out to a huge number. Otherwise you might be able to hang around this number and give us a really good chance to win. Probably lose by 12, 15, something like that. Maybe 10. This is one you could easily see like, Richmond being up like 19, 20 with a couple minutes left. They're taking the air out of the ball, but VMI gets a bucket with like 20 seconds left. And that, right. that kills it because Richmond's just not going to try to score. And VMI is not going to foul at that point. So it's one of those you, you need Richmond to be way far ahead. And that, that really doesn't fit with how, in my opinion, this team is made up. Absolutely. And, and I want to make sure, too, hey, night one, we're talking about this, right? It's not so much sometimes like that's a bad beat because that's part of the handicap is to say we don't think they can get out to that number where that at the end of the game when one team is still kind of trying to score and, and get some good experience and the other team isn't, you know, that matters in this uh, in this situation. Yep. Uh, to the best B side here, uh, similar setup with the A grade plays. You can go see all of the official picks of what Silent has. This is the spot where Jake highlights of all the B grade plays his favorite. We're going to take you to 6.30 p.m. Central LaSalle and Villanova. Villanova is a 15-point home favorite. Totals 139. Silent has two plays in this one. It likes the under 30, 139. 
as it projects a total of about 133. So it's a pretty large discrepancy there. It also likes Villanova minus 15, says it should be about 17 and a half. Villanova, it seems like every year has six seniors. It's like pick a year. They probably got six seniors. That seems impossible. I think it is impossible, but that's kind of how it feels. Um, Tell us why you think this is the best of all of the B plays from the model tonight. Uh, all right, LaSalle's coming off an 11 win season, and they're bringing in a new coach uh, who's, who hasn't really hasn't coached in the last, what, five since 2019? So, what, looking at three, four years like out of basketball? And he did, he's a very good coach, but I think it's going to take a little bit to get the rust off going because, I mean, he was coaching at Ford, uh, at Fordham or well, Temple uh, and had Temple going pretty good going to the tournaments. Um, but, I just think there's it's going to be hard to go into uh, Philly uh, with Villanova playing. I mean, Neptune is a great coach. Like it, it's going to show if you look at it, he's got one year of head coaching experience, but he spent the last eight under Jay Wright, so he knows this team inside and out. Like, and the players are going to know him too because he's only been gone away one year. And he took a Fordham team who won uh, what two games of their fourteen in that COVID year and turned them into a sixteen and sixteen team with just touch basically being there recruiting a little bit and just take it over. Uh, Villanova's bringing back some very talented guys. I know this part is be a little bit scary because one of their best freshmen is uh, Whitmore has got his thumb being, so he's going to be out till I think December. Moore is still nursing that torn Achilles from, was that the Elite Eight game? Or uh, I, can't, I can't give it straight. Yeah. It was too long ago. Yeah. I mean, a whole baseball season in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, like so I don't think he's playing – so they're only going to get better, but they still have a lot of talent on that team. Uh, they're not they're not as thin. They brought in some transfers. They're going to be good, and I think uh, Neptune's going to want to play with a little higher pace. I think 15 is just way too low here, uh, especially Villanova at home. Neptune's going to really want to stamp it. I think he's going to really try to put this game away, and I think the under is good because that defense is going to be mm-hmm. solid like it always is in Villanova, uh, and I just don't think LaSalle has the talent to really stay with this team. Yeah, it, it, it's it's obviously not going to be this way, but it is a little bit going to feel every time like LaSalle scores, like, oh, I'm surprised they scored there. Like, obviously they're going to score some points, but it's hard to see them scoring that many points. It's just a huge step up in class to defense like Villanova's. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where they're going to work, have to work hard for each and every bucket, and I, don't, I think a lot of that's going to turn into Villanova fast possessions for the quick scores, and I don't, I, I like the under here too. I, I didn't make it to the play, but because I'm a little worried about Villanova shooting the lights out of the ball like they tend to do at home. But, I mean, Gillespie's not there anymore, so I don't have to curse him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he He's part of that problem sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, So I think the under is a really good play because Villanova's defense is going to be solid. They're a loaded team. I know they yeah. were thin last year, but they've got – they brought back most <laughs> most of those guys that have been practicing against that really good team that was Final Four worthy, and they're not – I don't think they're going to miss a beat. Yeah, and it's an interesting storyline, of course, the new coach there, new coach at Duke as well, which got a little bit more publicity. But, I mean, Jay Wright's a fantastic coach as well. So, uh, you know, at least you do have the continuity, a guy who's been there for a long time. Villanova has thrived off efficiency, and so you have to assume that that's going to be the same thing because they didn't bring in a new coach or the new system, and you assume that that same efficiency is going to uh, play out where they're going to get high percentage shots, take up most of the shot clock, helps helps the other, but it also frustrates the other team's offense because they don't have the ball very often because Villanova's got the ball. Every time you turn, look up, Villanova's going to have the ball. It's probably going to feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't really get to talk about it, but, man, that really surprised me with Jay Wright saying, 
I was looking at him like you know, like Coach K was kind of the face of like coaching in the sport. I was expecting it to be Jay Wright for the next handful of years and after that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now to the Jake and a limb segment, this is where uh, we kind of did something like this last year where all of the C grade picks that the model makes, some of them hit, some of them don't as, as is written on the write up there, as I mentioned at the top of the show with that web page with that slash new, some of the C grade picks are just leans of if pressed one way, that's where the model goes. Some of the C picks do okay, but they're the lowest of the confidence. This is where Jake's going to take one of the games the model has a C pick, either back it or fade it. doesn't really matter, but the model's kind of saying, eh, but Jake likes something. And so in this one, we're actually going to go to what might be the biggest game of the night. Eight p- yeah, it's shockingly, 8 p.m. Central, Memphis at Vanderbilt. This one's such a fascinating one because I remember last year, middle of the season we were talking about penny hardaway being done at memphis with the way that was going and then it just turned around and that team hit their stride was a lot of fun to watch everything's going well and i mean it was just a massive turnaround they're a two and a half point road favorite at vanderbilt total on this one is 140 sideline says the total should be 143 not quite enough to play the over maybe a little bit of a lean for the over according to the model but not a strong enough edge to be an official play Model says this should be uh, 1.7, so Memphis should be a 1.7 point favorite. Again, this is where a lot of the secret picks are pretty close. The model thinks it's priced pretty right. Jake, you don't though. You think that this number's off a little bit. Uh, tell us what you like here. Yeah, I, see, I, I really like Memphis here. They were playing so well at the end of last year. I mean, this is a team that took Gonzaga to a four point game in that second round. I mean, if you take the last half, it, feel, it feels like they won that game. Yeah. Yeah, I think they really should have. They, like, I think that game, like they they more uh, they more lost it than Gonzaga won it. And like you take that second half of the year and look at it, they they were very good. And I mean, if you were with us all year last year, you will know I I really don't really care for <laughs> Penny Hardaway at all as a coach. And uh, I mean, I, he may have figured something out with this team. Uh, he brought in winning that transfer battle and and getting Kendrick Davis was huge. That's one of my favorite players to watch he's just electric and he's a tiny little dude for for basketball standards uh and he is just electric with the ball it's just so much fun to watch him putting him on that team with the guys they've got coming back uh i mean it's like they are just loaded they also brought in uh the sunbelt six man of the year mcfadden um emmanuel Akat. Those guys will impact the team immediately, stretch the defense, uh, do uh, give them a little more shooting that they – consistent shooting that they really didn't have last year. Add in that Lomax is back for a sixth year. To, uh, I think his name's Williams. It's like I think he's 30 years old playing now. Um, so uh, they've got a lot of talent. They should be good. They should play at a high pace. Um, Pandy, on the other hand, Stackhouse has got some talented team. He lost Pippen, which – just murders that team. Um, yeah. I, really, I really don't know who's his score on this yet. And I, don't yeah, think- I was going to say there were, there were times last year when him and, and the other guy, uh, I can't remember the other good player they had were in and out. And yeah. there were, there were times when that team just looked lost and you could tell just how top heavy they were, how good they were when they were at full strength or how solid they were, maybe not good, but they were, they were decent enough at full strength. And when some of the injuries hit, there were games that they just looked miserable in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to take them a little bit to find their legs. They brought, he brought us some decent transfers and they got their best recruiting, like ranked wise, their best recruiting class since 2017. So there's some talent on this roster and he's a good coach. He's going to get it turned around, but 
I just don't think it's going to happen right off the bat, even though they're at home in Nashville. Like this is, I, I believe this is a, in Nashville, like at okay. the yeah. court, not just yes. like in Nashville. Um, yes. But, uh, so it's just, I just think Memphis has got too much talent and too cohesive talent to, they should be playing very well all together here at the right and continue that role they've had going. All right. And then this will take us to the shake and bake with Jake. This is uh, basically just a parlay of a game where we like a side and the total in the same game. think there might be some correlation there. Might be worth pairing them up. You can split them apart. Just one game that we want to talk about where we like the total and we like the side. The game we're going to talk about here is 7 p.m. Central. Marshall at Queens. Queens making the jump up to Division One. Marshall's been, of course, Division One for quite some time now. Marshall's a three-point road favorite. Total's 162.5. And we talked about this one a little bit before we came on show. Queens played fast last year. Marshall played, you know. Yeah, like like a hot potato, you know, like the ball was on fire, you know, NBA jam style, you got to pass it, you know, before before anything happens. That's why this total is high, but 162 and a half is a lot of points for a college basketball game. Sideline likes the under in this, says the total should be 154, also likes Marshall minus three, says it should be Marshall minus eight and a quarter. Jake, tell us why you think those are wise investments. But, all right, bear with me here for the first little bit. It's going to sound like I'm telling you information to go the opposite of what I'm saying. But okay, Queens played in D2 last year, and I, I wish that meant something to me because I've got too many teams in D1 to worry, watch about. So uh, Very true. They, they averaged 85.5 points a game, um, and they only let in 69 points. Like That's a fairly good margin, but that's still short of this 162 number. They were They played so quick. Um, and most of the games at the point at the beginning of the year is when they got that average so far up. Like they put up 133, which I can only assume is D3 or a high school team. Um, because I don't know who they were. I hope it's a high school just for yeah. fairness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, like, so I think their their averages and everything are really top loaded there where they played some weaker teams as every team does. They play your weaker teams or not conference competition and everything in that first part of the season. So all the numbers get pushed way up. And then as you go throughout the year and they're like last five games, they, they didn't sniff this total, but maybe one time. And I think that was an overtime. Um, they lost a couple of those, their last game of the year, they lost, it was like 76 to 70 against, I don't know. I'm assuming a conference opponent, uh, but I mean, Marshall at the same time plays so quick, but they're, they weren't very good. They won, I think, 12 games last year. Uh, and so they're fun uh, to watch from a helter skelter standpoint. Though. <laughs> so, well, that works amazing. If you got the shooters to do it, um, yep. I think they, st- they did return their top three scores, which is a big bonus coming in like continuity and everything. So that's where I think Marshall has a little bit of an advantage. Neither defense is bad enough. It's <laughs> bad enough to let the other team just run away with it and, the offenses aren't good enough to blow this total out of the water. I think Marshall's got just a, enough, like more talent from being in that D1 and practicing and playing it and going through that season. I mean, this Marshall team did show flashes of it. They beat Wright State, who was a tournament team. They had a win over UAB, which was a very good team and a tournament team. And I think they even won a game um, in the tournament last year. And, and they played some games close, especially towards the end of the year. Like their conference was rough. They played in a good, a decent conference, but they were playing them fairly tight. I, I think they've got more talent than they're giving me, they're giving credit for right here. I think they win this by 
I think it's probably like what I can learn about Queens. I think this game is less than 10, but I, I think it's going to be right in there, like five to 10 range. Um, yeah, it, it would make sense to be in that ballpark, then late fouls, and then it's like, yeah, does it finish 11? Does it finish five? I mean, who knows, right? With fouls, yeah. like anything can happen down there. Like, and, and then the random three points that there's going to jack up, who knows how many of those going. But I'm, I'm with you in that five to 10 range seems pretty pretty reasonable. Yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what I'm looking at here. And then I, I don't think they get uh, – this total probably should be in the one – like 155 range, I think, yeah. with the way these teams play, like 155, 158, somewhere in there. But that still gives us a lot of room on the, yeah. on the back side of this. It, it pace matters a lot, but you still have to have good offense. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's two parts of the equation. Uh, I, I will say, too, this is a, a good point to remind people, right? As I say at the top, there are no locks in gambling. What I will say about this is it feels like a situation we see it in every sport, whether it's a game at Coors Field or a game with, you know, crazy weather and baseball, hot day, wind blowing out, or college football, you know, with crazy weather and, and storms or, and stuff like that. You know, you see it in every sport where sometimes the narrative just gets to these teams play this way or this thing's happening and the total gets driven way up, way down. And sometimes that still hits. Uh, we just had a situation with that Ohio State Northwestern. Those conditions were way worse than we thought they would be earlier in the week. And, and, you know, when you got guys who can barely stay, stand up, right. That kind of matters. So, so you have some of those situations where it's like the narrative is this and it plays out that way, but for every situation that the narrative is something and it plays out that way, you have the narrative is something and then it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So in this case, the narrative is there's going to be a lot of points, a lot of, you know, up tempo driving that total up and that might happen, but there's as many cases I can give you where that doesn't hold true. So it's just a reminder, again, no locks and gambling, but Jake and I both think that this total is a little bit of an overreaction to the pace and not enough realization that the offenses still aren't going to be the best at scoring. And that's going to keep this, we think, from getting up to 160. Yeah. I mean, and with it being preseason kind of stuff, like you're, everybody's basing everything off last year. Well, I mean, there's tons of areas where guys just don't have the same kind of year or just have a bad year and just can't hit that jump shot anymore, or get the yips or something. And all of a sudden yeah. that changes everything. Yep. All right. Speaking of totals, we're going to run with uh, Jake's favorite over and Jake's favorite under as well this season. This first one is the over. I'm calling it getting high with Jake. <laughs> I had fun with that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 8 p.m. Central, George Mason and Auburn. Auburn is a 13 and a half point home favorite sideline likes george mason here getting the 13 and a half says it should be 12.3 but the thing we're going to talk about is the total here going over this 140.5 number sideline says it should be 144 tell us why this number is too low i mean if you base this off last year the styles are completely different and bruce pearl and kim english have two completely different ways of looking at how basketball should be played Probably the world, too, just because. Yeah. I feel like how you handle basketball somehow translates to the world, right? That's, that's, that's the way it should work. That's how I've gotten to this point in my life. I did everything <laughs> like I did basketball. Uh, there we go. But at the same time, I think Kim English was taking over a George Mason team where he didn't have much to do with it. So he was keeping the game slow because his team was not very talented at the time. And that was an easier way to stay in the games. And it worked. He did He did very well, uh, better than most expected. I think they're going to get a little faster this year but i mean i'll say that but bruce pearl has been i i don't know what he's done here he's got an amazing starting five or predicted starting five bringing back the two guards with uh green and johnson is just not fair with the way they shoot and especially at home that it's going to be a rocking place especially as i mean they're already done with football they've been done with football there so everybody's going to get football game <laughs> now they're back. excited now they got a new coach things are turning around they only lost in overtime last week right yeah only <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, at least they're not Arkansas losing Liberty. Uh, but hey, then, oh, shots fired. <laughs> then they uh, added in some transfers. They got Zep, uh, Zep Jesper from Charleston, where he was all what CAA defense. I think that's the name of the conference. Either way, he was all defensive team there. So they and he's a red, uh, not a red, a graduate senior. So he's an older guy. He gets a little more experience there. They also bring in uh, Johnny Broom from Moorhead State, who was just a walking double double last year. Averaged I think uh, over over ten over ten and a half rebounds a game and was clearly going to double-double. He was all first-team all-OVC twice in Defensive Player of the Year last year. So, that, I mean, I know they lost a lot in Jabari and Walker Kessler, but they brought in some front-court players that are going to be good. And this doesn't even mention the five-star freshman that I'm not going to attempt to say his name. Um, but he is extremely good player, and he's going to be very athletic. And he's not – it's not going to be so much like Jabari was where he's – automatically will be handed the ball and just cornerstone of the offense. I think he's going to be able to thrive here where he's got not as much offensive pressure on him and he can just be athletic and do very, very well because he's got defensive help around him. He's got two great guards who can shoot the lights out. I mean, that's just the starting five. They've, they're loaded with talent all throughout that roster and they play lightning quick. Bruce Pearl always wants to run the ball. Um, he's done that at everywhere he's gone. Like Tennessee was where I've really found him, and holy crap, that way they move the ball around the way he shoots, it's going to be incredible. Um, it's going to fit very well with this team. Kim English, on the other hand, I think he's going to want to slow this game down a bit, but I don't think he's going to be able to. I think this is going to get well over this 140 number. I just don't think he has the talent yet. But I think he's also going to play faster than he did last year. He's going around and grabbing transfers from like these top, top-tier top like SEC, ACC-type programs with guys that aren't playing a lot. Um, he grabbed Victor Bailey this year, which I believe he helped recruit to Tennessee from Oregon. He had Devontae Gaines already on the roster. Um, was it? Uh, Cooper uh, and Odoro were from last year from like those kinds of schools. Um, he added one from Virginia Tech. He also was bringing back most of his offense. He got the top three scorers with Odoro, Cooper, and Gaines. I added in Victor Bailey, who, who can shoot the ball. Uh, I just don't think it fit well at Tennessee. I think he was just never comfortable, especially after English left. So I think he's going to be a lot more comfortable there at George Mason. He's also played at Auburn several times, so he's not going to be affected by this. So same way with Gaines. Um, King English is going to know exactly how to handle this. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, one driven by Auburn, just Auburn's pace. But I think uh, people are kind of expecting a slower game from George Mason, and I think King is actually going to kind of turn it up with defensive pressure and try to get a little faster than he played last year where they ranked at like 270 in tempo. What I'll say about this game also is last year, I think the model was on the Auburn under like five of their games down the stretch of the regular season. And I remember not a single one of those five even sniffing the under. The game's being over with like eight minutes to go in the game. So I'm just excited to be on the over in this scenario because the way the coach wants to play there kind of matters. And Auburn, like you said, has the horses to score the points. Uh, and George Mason might too with their, with a new look team as well. So again, the model likes George Mason there, but Jake and I are really all about this over. For the under, we're going to call this How Low Can You Go? Is where we should add some some music, but yeah, I don't know how to do that. Or stuff. a limbo I, bar. A limbo bar, yeah. <laughs> Like, 
I do statistics and I watch sports. I don't know how to do this sort of stuff. You know, I always tell people it's a miracle I can even hit the record button. So no fun graphics, but how low can you go the under that the model and Jake both like the most? 8 p.m. Central, again, you're probably not going to want to watch. Arkansas Pine Bluff (laughs) against TCU. TCU's a 35.5 point favorite. A little PSA here. Silent has an A grade play on Arkansas Pine Bluff plus 35.5. Silent says it should be 29.5. All I will say is last year and the year before both saw amazing record profits the first, I think it was about four weeks or so of the season. The model did a really good job early on seeing what was going on, taking into account the transfers, returning production, blah, 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 and and making quick adjustments that the public did not do or the sportsbooks did not do well with. I I don't know if that's going to hold. I hope it does. But if it does, this will be one of those. I know it's it's kind of a stinky play, but that's a lot of points. Um, And so, again, the model loves Arkansas Pine Bluff here, plus 35 and a half, gives it an A grid, but it also likes the under 143 and a half. Jake likes that one as well. Sideline says it should be 136. That's quite a discrepancy there. So Jake, tell us why this game is going to struggle to get to 140 points. Like just as much as I was saying about Auburn and speed, that's Jamie Dixon and slow, <laughs> yeah. slow, uh, slow uh, defense, yeah. uh, uh, deliberateness, deliberation. Yes. Yeah. Whatever word you want to insert there. That means not fast. Yeah. That is, well, that's what word it goes. Cause I mean, he's got a very good team back. This TCU team is the one to keep your eye on. They are loaded. They made Sweet 16 last year. They're bringing back. Well, it, and what I'll say about that Sweet 16 run, that they have an advantage other teams do, is when you get to that point, decent teams can't beat the good teams unless everything goes right for them. Decent teams that have a calling card that do one thing extremely well have a chance, and that's what TCU – does with the pace, with the defense, with that sort of thing. And that's what we saw in the tournament last year. It was really impressive. And and they're able to kind of maybe punch a little bit above their weight class in that regard, which is why, again, they said they're a team to keep an eye, an eye on. They're not going to win all their games. They're not going to be a top 10 team. But them being so excellent at the pace, the defense, the pressure, you know, that sort of thing that Jamie Dixon does gives them a chance to beat anybody on any given night. Not every team in the country can say that. Yeah, yeah, they're they are very scary when it comes to tournament time. Just the way yeah. any Dixon team coach yeah. is just terrible. But I mean, on top of that, they're returning four of their five starters and vast majority of the roster. It's going to be basically playing the same team, um, my, minus Balbo. I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. Miles Junior is the best player on this team. He's going to be up there in the race for Big Twelve Player of the Year. He's very, very good. Um, going to lead the offense. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, I'm sorry. Like, this is just – this is bad. I know the sidelines got it at 136. The highest model that I could find had this at, like, 143 on the dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, like, uh, nobody's expecting this to go over. I'm not exactly sure why it got set. Here it is. I think I think your sideline is a lot closer. I don't really see this. I think it's a hard time to get into, like, 134 mm-hmm. when above that number. It's going to be very hard because – TCU and Arkansas Pine Bluff also play slow. So it's just going to be not a fun basketball game to watch, especially with a 35-point underdog. Some people might like this kind of basketball, Jake. We should not be so quick to judge. Well, I'm sorry. Fair. I mean, as a TCU fan, you can love this. Like, yeah, it's as, true. As, as a result, like, I mean, you're talking to a guy as a Tennessee fan with Quanzo Martin. We, we played slow basketball mm-hmm. just like this. It's fun when your team and it's working, but – 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's yeah. I feel like the, the analogy that's uh, kind of baseball and hockey, right? When it's yeah. like when it's your team and they're playing like one nothing games, you're like, yeah, this is the way the game's meant to be played. Yeah. And when it's not your team, you're like, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, especially when a blowout like this. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, 35 is a lot. I don't. I, I like Pine Bluff. The A grade yeah. is about the 35 and a half. Obviously, Arkansas Pine Bluff stands no chance of winning this game. I mean, the probability they win this game with some level of rounding is zero. I don't know where you have to round, but there's a point you could round, and it rounds to zero. Well, I mean, I just don't think TCU has any desire to get up by 40 or whatever it would take to cover this. So, right. I, yeah, this is going to be a slow, bad basketball game. Please don't watch. All right, and then wrapping this up, we've got must-see TV. We've covered a lot of games. Now we're going to talk about anything that we haven't covered that is you should keep your eyes on it and – Jake has a pick that he likes on it as well. So kind of one of the fun things, a lot of times we like to watch what we're betting on. So if you're watching good basketball and want to make some money, Jake's recommendation here is 7.30 p.m. Central. Ohio and Belmont total in this one is 144 and a half. Sometimes it should be 146.4. Again, maybe a slight lean to the over, but not enough to make it an official play. But Sideline does have a B-grade play on Ohio plus six and a half. Says this should be Belmont minus 2.5. I'm going to get my take on this one. I think this number has gotten too high because I think there's a lot of respect for Belmont in the name and Belmont has been a fantastic program, but to some extent, that's why we have models and data to kind of say to some extent, there's a little bit of name recognition betting happening or, or, or you know, or position being position being taken or whoever's modeling this from with regards to the sports book is modeling a little bit too much based off of name. Um, Ohio and Belmont, these two teams are pretty similar. This should be a really good game. And to say Belmont minus six and a half, they could obviously cover that with late game fouls, but this should be a tight game down to the wire. If it comes down to who has the ball last, I don't think it would surprise me personally. Uh, Jake, what do you have for us on this one? Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I, there was a couple teams out there, or a couple other games I was really considering, but this to me, based on last year and based on these teams, should uh, should be the best game to watch. Which is kind of wild to say that uh, Belmont Ohio is the best on TV with the hundred and twenty six options. Yeah, it's like it's, that that's a different conversation. But like this team, this game last year was a ninety to ninety two to eighty game that was in Ohio and was just uh, like back and forth and just so much fun to watch. Um, and this, like, both these teams lost a lot. Um, but Ohio brought back a little bit more than Belmont did. I think Belmont's only returning Shepard, who was an incredible shooter, but that's the only returner from the starting five. Belmont's getting two guys back from their starting – or Ohio is. Um, and they're also getting a guy that missed all of last year who was the third team all-MAC. Um, so after missing – before he missed last year. Uh, so it's they're a little bit more loaded – I know if I don't know if you're college basketball junkies like me and you've kind of read stuff where Ohio went over to Spain and did not win a game. Um, ignore that that those guys are been playing professional for a long time over there. It's and, and you're, you're playing grown men. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're not playing 19 year olds at that point. Yeah. It's not. It's not as simple as they went over there and played Spanish colleges. They went over there and played professional teams. Some, yeah, professional teams. Yeah. That, so, maybe they, they maybe they can compete in the NBA, but that's not what we're comparing it to, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're going to come back. Oh, Belmont just lost so much off of last year's team. Um, when when you only have a shooter coming back, that's tough because you don't want to design your offense around the one shooter unless it's just an absolute amazing guy like a J.J. Redick or a Steph Curry or something like a Jimmer Fred, and even, those guys. 
And even then, you only do it out of necessity, right? When you think about yeah. Fredette, that had to do with the fact that BYU didn't have a ton of other great talent around him to score. When you think about Steph Curry, same thing, right? Like you only do it out of necessity. Otherwise, it's not ideal because yeah. you're putting all your eggs literally in the one basket. Yeah. And I mean, he's a 44% shooter or something like that. So, But no one's got more talent on the roster and probably will be the better team later on in the year i just think it's going to take them a little bit more to get together um it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if this is a two or three point game the whole way through i, I don't think they get like around 10 or anything like that and maybe in spurts but i don't think it finishes around 10 i think the six and a half is a really good number to have yeah it's it's one thing we always talk about with college basketball right? with these six and a half seven and a half eight and a half point spreads people think oh they're at home they're the better team let's lay the points and it's like there's a lot of ways they could lose that game or win the game and lose the bet right so it's like we want to be cautious in general we want to probably play a few more underdogs and favorites you know we don't want to pay play only dogs we want to play favorites too when it makes sense but this is why you kind of don't want to get too careful because it feels like a classic game where you know Joe going in making a bet's gonna say, "Oh, Belmont's a better team. Let's lay it." It's like then Belmont wins by four, and and he's you know <laughs> pissed off, and it's like that's the point of the spread is to equalize things, right? Yeah, yeah. So it makes it, and the, like I said, this should be a very fun game to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, that is our show today, Jake. Any parting words? Yeah, uh, make sure you join the Patreon and stuff. I'm gonna list that right up a little bit of some teams to watch and some conferences to watch. Um, that way. You've got something to look for, especially on Monday, like with all 126 games. Some teams to look at that may be playing games where they're 30-point favorites. You don't really want to watch them, but, you know, something to look for in the box score to see how the team's playing. Yeah, it's always something fun to read uh, on a Monday is good because nobody wants to do work on a Monday, right? Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we've brought on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll be back again tomorrow with more sports betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.